Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Ready to Mosh. I'm Gem G and with me as always, the Joe to my Alice, it's Kev P. Which one am I? I'm assuming I'm Joe, am I? Though my hair lengths about Alice. Well, they both got longer. I know they both got long hair, but I mean, I was thinking specifically. I'll go for Alice because I've got the eyeliner. All right, fair enough. Anyway, yeah, episode 73. We're going to start with a couple of bits of news just because we found them. We thought we'd drop those in. And then on to a review and the main feature. So we're getting closer to a, a normal episode. Each week, a little bit closer. A little bit closer then, bam, back with a festival review. Anywho, the news then. First up then, Corey Taylor has announced a solo tour for later this year in the UK and Europe. So the next album he's releasing, CMF2, is out in September. And these dates are following that up in November. So he's got a few dates in the UK first. Leeds, Wolverhampton, Manchester, Glasgow, London. And then he's going to France, Germany and the Netherlands. What size is he playing? Radio 2s? Do you know what? I'm looking at this tour list and it's just got the city names on it, so that's not very helpful, is it? I've got a feeling it is O2 because I saw someone earlier asking about tickets and they are on O2 priority, which doesn't necessarily mean it's an O2 venue, but I would imagine so. Probably like Leeds Academy, that kind of... Yeah, that sort of size. Yeah. So nowhere near us on a convenient night, which is just a little bit rude, but we did predict that he might be at download next year. He'll be at download. Solo shizzle, so... You can't stay away. So yeah, that's my little bit of news. Yeah, the other bit, only other bit I've really seen is Ozzy pulled out of Power Trip and has been replaced by Judas Priest. Not a bad replacement? No, it's not. I'd probably prefer to see Judas, I think. Especially the state kind of Ozzy's been in lately. I think I think Judas would probably do better. Yeah, I mean, cynical old me is thinking, why Why does he keep announcing things and then having to cancel them? Does he really think he's actually going to be better or is... No, how much money does Sharon want to make? Exactly. I think it comes down to that. Yeah, it's just constant rearranging, cancelling. Yeah, Yeah, it'd be better if he just called it a day, I think. Yeah, bless him. And then finally, then, a bit of podcast news, and that is we are going to be going to Bloodstock this year. After all. After all. We debated it, and we've been lucky enough to get press. So we will be there for the weekend. So that's exciting. So look out for some preview episodes, some review episodes, and probably a vlog and various other bits and bobs going and on. And if we've got Wi-Fi, potentially some uh, posts while we're there. Yeah. Wow. That would be a treat. So that's it for the news then this week. Right. So review time. And this week... It's a band, I think we've recommended them before. I believe we have. Yeah, it's a new album by Froglord called Sons of Froglord. Yeah, it's the third album from Froglord, continuing the whole amphibian concept yeah. that they've got going on. Okay, well, straight into it then. Uh, track one, Wizard Gonk. Yep, yeah, I thought this was a good opener. I thought some really fuzzy, funky opening riffage going on there. Quite 70s stoner vibes in it, really catchy. Hints of Sabbath I got as well from it. Yeah, they were very similar notes to me. I've got 70s stoner fuzz, really catchy. <laughs> <laughs> Almost identical. And it's very different from previous stuff. Very, yeah. very different. I've kind of noticed that throughout. There's a couple where I think, yeah, that's kind of classic Frog Lord. Yeah. And then some others of it are definitely a different direction. But yeah, it's a decent opener. Yeah. 
Track two then is Garden. Yeah. Uh, slower paced start on this one. Mm. A lot more kind of 70s psychedelic fuzz. And yeah, I wrote again there. It feels like a different style for Frog Lord. Yeah, I found this one quite bluesy and kind of a bit like glam rock T-Rex style. Mm. That stamp, stompy kind of rhythm going through it. Okay. But again, yeah, different direction, but good. Mm. Next one is Road Raisin. And it almost moves into kind of like doom metal, this one. Yeah, I was thinking doom or desert rock, kind of. Yeah, uh, really sludgy, kind of downplayed guitar. But it has got a really cool, kind of crisp, clear guitar solo partway through. Yeah. I, I was picked, really a big fan of. Yeah, I picked that out as well. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, it, it just it was a bit of a contrast to everything else that had gone before. Yeah, almost like, yeah, lifts up from the sludgy background noise and just... Yeah, it just comes through really yeah. crisp and clear. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think that one has been a single as well. Oh, okay. I think that might be the most recent single. I'm surprised that was one of the singles. It's not one I'd have potentially gone for. Track four is called Collapse. I found this one quite slow, chuggy, um, head noddy. <laughs> All the technical terms are coming out now. Um yeah, quite grisly, but it had another cool solo going through it as well. And a bit kind of deep purpley vibes I got from this one. Yeah, I thought Led Zeppelin. Oh. Yeah, I went down that route. I started very much like Led Zeppelin for mm. me. And yeah, again, very bluesy. And this is another one I think might put off some fans of Frog Lord from like their older stuff. Yeah, you're Frog Lord traditionalist. Yeah, it's uh, good because it is so different to what yeah. they've done. Track five is The Sage, and I really like This is one of my favourites. I do Same. like this one. Oh, do you? Yeah, it? I've marked it as a favourite. Ah. Yeah, it's a little faster than some of the other tracks on here. Mm. And it, this would be perfect in a Rob Zombie film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. It's an absolute banger, this one. Yeah, I really like this. Yeah, I felt this was more old school Frog Lord. Yeah. To me, isn't it? it yeah, kind of clutch. Yeah, kind of through back, that kind back of to it, didn't it? traditional kind of stoner. Again, some great solo work coming through it. Yeah, classic, classic Frog Lord is what I wrote there. Yeah, then some really funky chords, and then kind of random chanty bit in the middle. Yeah, very much a classic. This one, number six is Frog Lady. I thought this was a very funky, groovy, sludgy. Again, quite a classic Frog Lord sound in this one. Yeah, again, another one of my favourites, this. Mm, yeah, I'd put a little star on this one too. Yeah, it's more up, it's got more upbeat intro, mm. really dirty guitars, rasping vocals, and a really catchy chorus really makes this stand out. Yeah. So I can see this being a single Yeah, if it's not already. Track seven is Wednesday, another faster one, more kind of impressive vocals in this. Uh, nice quick clean guitars as well. It's mixed with kind of like, almost like a really catchy kind of fuzz Sound to it again. Yeah, this was the lead single off the album. I found it quite bluesy, but picked out the cleaner vocals that are coming through on this one. And really catchy chorus, so I can see why this was picked out as a single. Mm. And the lead single as well. Track eight is Hold On. I thought it had quite a different sound. It was almost grungier rather than stoner coming through it. I'm glad you've kind said soft, that, yeah. softer sound. I found it hard to describe, but like less fuzzy. Lots of layers with the vocals as well. Just added a different edge to it. Yeah, for me, this is my favourite track on the album. Okay. It, I've actually wrote, how you were saying grunge, mm. feels quite Soundgarden in places, and it's stoner meets sort of a grunge sound. Mm. 
and it's got the best chorus, the best vocals, and the guitar. And mm. the guitar reminded me a lot of uh, John from the Chili Peppers. That's funny. Not on this track, but on the next one, I made a note. It sounds a bit like the good tracks from Stadium Arcadium. Oh, right, which John, yeah, that, which John yeah, was on, yeah. Which, yeah, of course. I didn't, I didn't quite put that detail in there, <laughs> who the guitarist was. But yeah, if we move on to the next one, The Swamp of My Own, track nine, this was another of my favourites. Okay. And I thought this was carrying on that kind of softer, kind of grungy sound with the guitars and, like I say, that cool kind of solo going through that was John Frusciante-esque. Ah, you see, I thought this was kind of a combination, style-wise, mm. of every, um, sorry, of the last track and everything that mm. came before it. And it's got some really cool style switches on the guitar. Mm. And the drumming, again, has been fantastic through this album. I think it's really, it's really yeah. good drumming. Yeah, like you said, with the mixture, I did make a note that there was kind of a funky fuzz intro to it before it yeah. then takes a different turn with the sound. Mm. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Track 10, Closing Ceremony. Rob Zombie style track again for me, but it's just over a minute long. It's a bit of a strange yeah, one. Yeah, I made a note actually Rob Zombie style on this song. With like, they've got the, the film quotes coming through it, the yeah. sound bites. I thought, again, it was quite a classic, some of the earlier Frog Lord stuff yeah. with that Weird, and I'm sure when we spoke about Frog Lord before, we've said about those kind of Rob Zombie-esque themes, themes running coming through. through. Yeah. yeah. Um, can't, oh, sorry. No, sorry, come on. No, so I kind of get the point of it, because it's called Closing Ceremony, so I thought it's just like the end into the album, although it isn't actually the end into the album. Well, it's technically it's an end to their stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. And, yeah, I think anybody listening to Frog Lord for the first time, anybody who hasn't listened to the previous stuff, when you get to kind of like the noises through the song, it's going to confuse a lot of people. Yeah, I can imagine. If, if you're if you're not kind of familiar with them, or you you just kind of picked up on them. It, this will confuse the shit out of you. Yeah. However, if you've been listening to Frog Lord for some time, you'll just be like, "Yeah, it's just Frog Lord." It's Frog Lord. Yeah. Final track then, number eleven, "Born on the Bayou." Have I said that right? Well, "Born on the Bayou." Bayou. This is actually a Credence Clearwater Revival cover. It is. Which I was not familiar with as what? an original. What? What? Oh. Shocking! Can't yeah. believe it. Can't believe you're not familiar with it. Yeah. No, I think there's a couple of Greedence tracks I'm aware of and I quite like, but I'm not familiar with this one. You have heard this one before, though. Have I? Hmm. Yeah, you've definitely heard this before because it was on a game that I played on PS4. Okay. And it was it was kind of like constantly playing throughout it. I can't remember the name of the game though. So if anybody remembers what the hell it was, tell us. It was almost like a Grand Theft Auto style mm. game. And it was a great game, and for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. Anywho, the song. <laughs> yeah, the song. The song itself, um, I wasn't expecting this. The original, I absolutely love. It's just real classic. And although I'm not a m- massive fan of this, it's kind of like possibly my least favourite on the album. Mm. I'm glad they did it their own way because it's very, very different to the original sound. And it does kind of fit with the you know bluesy style of the album and this song in particular. But yeah, it's not a favourite, but I'm glad they did it their own way and it does kind of go with the album. Okay. Um, Coming from someone who's not familiar with the original, Mm. or at least not consciously familiar with the original, Mm. I thought it was a good choice for a cover. Like you said, it fits in with the bluesy style of the album as a whole and it was done well, but I'm just not sure it was necessary. I'm not quite sure what the what it added was. to it. Yeah, yeah, especially with coming after the closing ceremony, it's almost like it was a bonus track or something. You know, maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it was. Perhaps, I don't a bonus know track, on a yeah. on a hard copy. So yeah, it's done well, but I just don't know why 
why it was there. Mm. Really. It didn't, I don't feel like it added anything to the album as a whole. So would you give it out of 10? I was going for an 8. That's the same as me? Yeah. 8 out of 10? Yeah, I really enjoyed it and I thought it was a really good display of how Frog Lord have developed and moved on. So they're keeping those original amphibian roots in there yeah. and... You know, the, the bluesy, stonery rock kind of stuff, but experimenting with different sounds now and really expanding on their original sound. Yeah, I I couldn't put that any better myself. Also, as well, just to add on to my little summary, I just saw it showed, as well as the guitar work that we've said already, yeah. just a lot more versatility in the vocals on this one. That we, I know we've hinted at that throughout, but yeah. Yeah, another, compared to previous work, mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, go give it a listen. main feature time now so this is my review of a gig i went to last night which was the hollywood vampires supported by the tubes at the utilita or is it utilita utility utilita arena in birmingham and not the nec as you thought no or resort world arena as it's now called yeah i got up yesterday thinking that i was going to see hollywood vampires supported by Seether at the building formerly known as the NEC, and in the end I went to the Utilita, Utilita Arena. Utilita. Utilita Arena. Let's call it the NIA, because that's what it used to be. We're old school. The NIA, supported by the tubes. So that in itself was an completely adventure. Different. Yeah. So I could have drove to the completely wrong place. You could have done, yeah. But I didn't, because I happened to just look up on the map before I set off, and I said I would drive, and realised it was near the Sea Life Centre and had a traumatic flashback to getting lost in the middle of Birmingham, but survived so what was the journey like down there it was all right yeah not too stressful not got lost no more stressful than birmingham tends to be i mean to be honest i have a bit of a phobia and i tend to avoid driving anywhere near the place just because i just don't like the road system that goes through the middle of it it is easier to get a train in birmingham to it is fair. but you know it wasn't feasible no. for yesterday yeah it's fine bit of queueage onto the aston expressway but you get that any time of day or night so okay that was fine we found the car park all right. There was pre-bookable parking, but that was already sold out. So the NIA, the Utilita. Wee. Have I said it right? Yes. The Arena. Let's call it the Arena. We know we're arena. talking about the Utilita Arena. Shall now on be known as the Arena. Has car parks attached to it. So the West car park you can pre-book. And South and, I don't know if it was North or East, the other one. One or two you can just turn up on. So we went into the South car park. Floor 13. Very okay. apt. Top tip, if you're ever in a multi-storey car park for an arena gig, then make sure you park just near a ramp to get out so you can make a swift exit. Mm-hmm. There you go. But yeah, it was really cool. We had to just go down a couple of floors and then we were basically onto the outdoor concourse where you go into the arena. So now I've been once, I'd be happy to go there again. All right. I mean, I prefer to go by train, but you know. Yeah. If I had to, I, I wouldn't be as fearful. So what's the arena like? Well, I mean, arenas are arena, aren't they? Big cavernous holes. But in terms of like the concourse and stuff, it was very similar to Nottingham Arena. You know, the way that that's got various different outlets now for food and drink as you go around. It's not yeah. just arena bar, arena bar. Yeah, food. there's a little bit of individuality. Yeah, there. so there was all different little vendors. Like they got a brew dog bar, there was a coffee and a brownie stand. There was Praha Bar or Prahava Bar or something, a couple of those, another little kind of donut and coffee stand, various different food places. So as arenas go, that kind of thing, it had a bit more character than some have, I would say. What's the pricing like? Expensive, obviously. But any, any worse than kind of, any worse than Nottingham or? It's up there. I saw an offer for four bottles of beer for £24. 
It's not an off night. I know. I didn't really look a lot because I wasn't drinking. Yeah. Um, I had a bottle of Pepsi Max, which was £4. Jesus Christ. We looked at the donut stand. A donut was, I can't remember if it's 5 or £6. So we walked away from that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, food didn't seem too bad, actually. I think it was like fish and chips or burger and chips. I think it was about £14, which isn't too bad, really, I don't think. I suppose it's kind of like, yeah, arena stroke festival prices. Yeah. So, I mean, we'd eaten on the way in, so we didn't need to get food either. Yeah. But... Yeah, pretty standard, but plenty of variety, I would say, if you did want to eat and drink there. And they had the old um, Mega Pints. Yes. They were there as well, should you be that way inclined. Obviously, they had the standard wine for about 25 quid. I think you could get like four small bottles of wine. I can't remember what offer that was, but it didn't seem a very good offer. Mm. What was the merch like? I only had a quick squint at it because I wasn't intending to get any, to be honest. Okay. There was one main merch stand as we went in, and it did have a very organised queue with the barrier on. It was a very long queue, but it wasn't like a free-for-all like you get at some merch stands. Yeah, like the ghost one. The ghost one. I could say Gajira. That was quite empty, actually, wasn't it? Gajira was fine, yeah. But, yeah. And then there was another smaller merch stall further around the other end of the arena, which did seem to have limited stock on it anyway. Yeah. T-shirts were 40 Long sleeved were fifty. They had hoodies, but I couldn't see a price on those. Did spot some tote bags that were twenty, and there were various other bits and bobs. Do you feel like forty is going to be the new 30. price? Yeah, for yeah. for t shirts now. Pretty get... much, I think at arenas definitely. Well, at an arena, yeah, because mm. they, they used to be no more than thirty, really. I remember at Ghost last year they were thirty, and that's just over a year ago. Yeah, so they've gone up twenty five percent. Yeah. Like, the Gajira one was kind of different because of it was all sustainable. Yeah, I guess. And it was more expensive to make. Mm. And I don't know whether it's the venues putting their pricing up. Oh, it could be, yeah. Instead of the bands. It's not necessarily the bands themselves. So. Yeah. And very often you may find that they are actually cheap on the band's website. Was it Maiden I saw someone say that about? On okay. their recent arena dates. Yeah. I think it must have been them. Someone said they're about £10 cheaper online to buy. Don't not postage would have been mine, but you know. Okay, so moving into the arena then, seating because you were sat for this, weren't you? Yeah. Well, there's a thing. The whole event was seated. The flooring was seated. The flooring was seated. Yeah, first what? thing I spotted in, there were all the arena floor was seated. Now I've only been to one arena show prior to this that was all seated, and that was Barry Manilow. Yeah. <laughs> and there's obviously you know a certain type of generation. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you know, a, a cohort of the public that would attend a Barry Manilow concert. I was an exception to that. Yeah, that is odd. I know. I was like, oh, okay. Is it because of Alice's age? Do they think everybody else is going to be of a similar age? I don't know. I mean, it was um, probably more on the older side of the crowd, but there were young people there as well. I wonder who makes the decision on that as well. I don't know. Or maybe it's more common than we realise. We've just not spotted it. We've maybe it's not. becoming more of a thing. I don't know. I mean, I've honestly never seen it before. I personally don't see the point because people, I mean, we were on the sides and people do stand up there, sometimes all the way through, sometimes just at certain songs, you know. Yeah. But then on the floor, obviously, the people who were on the front row were standing up and leaning on the barrier. So obviously they're then blocking the view because it's flat. So then everyone ends up standing anyway. So I don't really see the point. Yeah, you'd be annoyed if you missed everything because you couldn't stand but somebody was stood in front of you. Yeah. I mean, just to drop this in here, there was someone lower down in our block, two girls that were stood up the whole time. 
So the people behind them, I think they were annoyed about it. And I think they did get the stewards to say something at some point, but nothing really happened and they were literally stood up the whole time. Yeah, I think I'd have knocked them down. Waving a sign with flashing fairy lights at Johnny Depp every time he came oh, towards the edge God. of the stage. And it was like, you know. Oh, there must be some right cunts at that, that gig. If, that those in particular, yeah. yeah. It's like, really? Oh, no. Anywho. In terms of capacity, it wasn't fully sold out. The top, because it's like a two-layer arena, as most tend to be. So yeah. They've got more than two layers, actually, haven't they, thinking about it? Um, but yeah, the upper layer at the back, probably about a third of that was curtained off. But it was pretty full. Mm. You know, it was all full where we were. We were first block from the stage, second row down from the top. So a similar vantage point to what we had for Ghost, because we were on the back row for that. Yeah. But nearer to the stage, kind of probably one block along. Sure. And there was like, um, almost like a half block each side of the stage as well, because where it was, and we were on the end seats there. So hmm. it was a good view. That's good. View. That's good. We've well, got a decent spot. Also, one interesting point, which is quite funny, as we were wandering around the outskirts, just having a nose around, a Tannoy announcement came on before the support band to say, you know, please take your seats. Show will be starting in 15 minutes, which is fair enough, you know, but that got repeated for at least 10 minutes with saying 15 minutes every time. So I was like, you know, at least do a countdown. Update it, yeah. Or, you know, are we running late or what? What's going on? But Right, so one thing I really want to know about is the support band. Do you really? Yeah, just because I'm I'm just going to read a message from you that I got last night. There were a couple I sent, weren't there? Yeah, but there's one in particular, which is waiting for the tubes, whomstever the fuck they are and what happened to see them. Well, yes, that is a very good point. So what did happen to see the Nobody knows. So when this got announced, I'd actually forgot. I looked back today and the tubes actually were on the original announcement. It said, Hollywood vampires have announced a tour, blah, blah, blah. Supported by Seether and the tubes and that just passed me by. Mm. And then in the re- on the recent European dates that vampires have done, those damn crows got added on. I was like, okay, that's cool. Da, da, da. And then... I kind of spotted that Seether seemed to have dropped off the poster, I think it was. Which is weird, because Seether, I thought they pulled out of download because they were on the Vampires tour. I thought that was their reasoning for that. Yeah. But I, I've looked on their social media and everything, and I can't see anything to say that they've done an announcement to say that they pulled out of the Vampires tour, so I don't know what happened there. The Scarborough date did actually get those damn crows, and I was quite excited because I thought maybe they'd get added on for the oh, rest of the UK, but they didn't. So, a tiny bit diddled there because, you know, when you buy an arena ticket, they're not cheap. And, you know, your support bands are kind of almost a justification for spending that as well. For and that for that kind of band, because the support bands are usually big enough that you go and watch anyway. I mean, bearing in mind that last time I saw Hollywood Vampires, which was at the place formerly known as the NEC, the support were The Damned and The Darkness. Yeah, that's not bad support, is it? <laughs> that, that was all right, that was. Yeah, definitely got your money's worth. I mean, I'm not saying that Hollywood vampires alone are not worth a ticket price, but, you know, you want a bit of something as well yeah, to keep you entertained in a good way. Anywho, the tubes. So if you're about as familiar with the tubes as I am, they are a, from their Wikipedia page, a San Francisco-based rock band who released their debut album in 1975. So you get in the picture of the age here, which is, you know, in some ways on paper, you can think they would be a good support act. Yeah. Fit in. Yeah. I don't like to, you know, be negative about a band, but they were awful. Really? You just weren't on board with any of it? What kind no. of sound was it? Well, it was kind of a 
a kind of rocky kind of sound. Kind of, you know, a classic of that era, I guess. Well, well, if it's 70s, was it kind of like bluesy? Was it heavier? Was it... It wasn't overly heavy. Kind of bluesy, general rock. Do you know the song White Punks on Dope? No. Oh, well. Anyway, they did the original of that. That was the one track I knew. I knew that because Motley Crue covered it live years ago. But, yeah, I mean, they, they got on the stage... There was, I think it was about five or six of them. I mean, musically, you know, they're obviously very talented. Drummer in particular was really good at a thing. I mean, they, they got themselves on stage, the main band, and then there was a scantily clad nurse with very high heels on. I don't know how she got up the steps to the side of the stage, but... And then the lead singer dodded on, and it was a dodder that gave Elton a dodder for his money. Oh. Bless him. And, you know, they, st- they did a bit of an instrumental thing, and he dodded on. Two of the band have got, one's got a bright orange suit, one's got a bright pink suit. It looks a bit like a fruit salad from a distance. Right. He's got a black suit on, right? After the first song, he takes his jacket off. My friend jokes, oh, looks like we're in for the full Monty, right? I'm not just judging the band on the appearance. The music's going on at the same time here. After the second track, he takes his white shirt off. He's got a little old man kind of T-shirt vest thing, you know, like an old yeah. vest, you know, the sort. After that track, he takes his T-shirt off. So you've got... um. A man in his, what, 70s? With, you know, a very wrinkly body just standing there, jigging about, singing. Oh. Yeah. Maybe it's a thing they've always done. Maybe it is, but it didn't really add anything. And you could imagine the faces of, yeah. I mean, Iggy the Twix Pop still does it. He does, but you know, at least he looks after himself. <laughs> That's true. You yeah. know, if... And then said, nurse, this nurse has just been standing in the corner for no particular reason at this point. Right. She dodders over to him and puts some kind of eye mask on him for the next track. So you were just a little bit confused. And, and then after that track, he then dodded to the back of the stage where the nurse then helps him get redressed and he plays the last two songs dressed. But I mean... <laughs> what the fuck did you watch? Exactly. I mean, I can show you a clip. I've got a video. I might even share it, you know, to Instagram so mm. everyone can see. Vocally, it didn't sound great. I don't know, because sport bands don't always get the best sound anyway, do they? So that might not have been his fault. But, you know, it started off not bad, but it, the voice just seemed to get worse as you went along. Yeah, I mean, I've looked on Setlist FM and it, apparently they only did six tracks, but it felt a lot longer. <laughs> so he's a bad sign. Mm, yeah. I don't often sit and watch a band and I'm looking at my watch thinking, really, hurry up. Even bands that I'm not familiar with before. So I didn't listen to them in advance because I just didn't get around to it. Hmm. But we've been and seen bands and not been that familiar with support, but they've they've been good. They've surprised us in a good way, like Alcest, for example. I knew about them. Well, no, you did, but I didn't. Okay. Won't be watching them again in a hurry. (laughs) Fair enough. But yeah, there was one very excited person on the seating on the floor area. He was bopping along to every song, bless her. She was having a lovely old time. Everyone else just sat looking quite confused at the whole situation, really. Um, was she sat going, Midlock! No, she was standing up, just bopping along, arms waving everything. Fair enough. It seemed like the sort of band who might be at home playing, you know, holiday entertainment venues. Um. But... Yes, and like I say, they're obviously very talented to have been going as long as they would have. I mean, musically, they were playing well, but it was just, the whole Didn't thing was just... Mm. So then there was the interval, mm-hmm. and the main act, old vampires. Yes. So, how were, how were they? they you've, were seen the, you've seen them before. I've seen them before. They're awesome. You know, Alice Cooper, for his age, he's... 78, I think he is. Is he that old? I think it's quite yeah. old, is he? Yeah, his voice is still there, definitely. Uh-uh. 
But yeah, just the whole show is just awesome. Just that that whole super group that they've got there yeah. just works so well together and the whole concept of it all. So obviously the main three within the band are Alice Cooper, Joe Perry, Johnny Depp, various other people have been in and out, but yeah, the kind of the core. They're the core The thread. staple, yeah. Wasn't Matt Sorum the drummer? He has been and Duff McKagan's been in as well. Yeah. But at the moment it's Tommy Henriksen and then I think it's the drummer, one of Alice's drummers, I think. From his touring. From his touring group, yeah. yeah. So I think there's about six or seven of them on stage in total. Okay. So good old noise coming out of that. Hmm. Was it just lights they were doing? I assume there was no pyro or... There was steam pyro. Steam you know, pyro. Steam pyro, is that a thing? You know, when there's... Is it steam? Like smoky steam. smoke. Yeah. Yeah. That, no actual flamey pyro. Hmm. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> steam. Steam. Steam pyro. If anyone knows a proper word for that, let me know. Yeah, but they had like um backdrop with imagery on, like before they came on stage and the lights went out, there was kind of um revolving image montage going on. From when they've played together over the years? Or? Kind of, yeah. I, because of the side view, you couldn't see it full on. That's the downside of sitting on the side. It is a problem with the side. In an arena, yeah. you don't get that. But there were two little screens floating above, so we could kind of look up and see the band up there as well as on stage. Partway through, some big vampire fangs came down on stage blow up kind of things it did actually look like they got stuck yeah but i think they sorted themselves out but i was like something don't quite i could tell by the way the band were looking off <laughs> looking confused maiden added didn't they with their plane something went wrong with that yeah the spitfire <laughs> just nosedived <laughs> they got stuck halfway yeah but set list wise they played good mix of you know they always have a few of their own tracks and then it is a mixture of covers and also Cooper and Aerosmith tracks. Do they count yeah. as covers if they're singing them themselves? I don't know. Technically, it's a cover Technically, it's a different it's band. Different yeah. band yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of a good mix of that with different members on vocals alternating. As well, obviously, Alice is your primary vocalist. Yeah. But it does switch around a bit. They came on with a couple of their own tracks to start with and mm-hmm. then went into the Alice Cooper track, I'm 18. Yeah. Classic. More like I'm 80. Yeah. <laughs> you should redo really that, shouldn't you? Then we had a Doors tribute, okay. which is like a medley of five to one and break on through. Mm. And images of Jim Morrison in the background. Yeah. That's always cool. The set list itself was quite similar to when I saw them before. There was a couple of changes in it, but. Right. How long ago was that? 2018. Okay. So they, they just can't be asked to do anything else. I think it's just their, their core. Yeah. show really they do switch things up a bit but they do what they do well and they're the kind of because mm. the half of the point of the set list is tributes to their dead friends then obviously yeah. there's certain songs that are linked intrinsically into that i guess mm. okay but i guess it's no different to any other band like you go and see guns and roses they're going to play the same pretty much set there will list, be you know, there will be a with core a few changes, there will be a core list yeah yeah then another couple of Vampire's tracks, and then there was Johnny Thunder's tribute, You Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory, which Joe Perry took lead vocal on. Mm. That one's always cool, although I do prefer the Guns N' Roses version with Duff on vocal to that track yeah. on Spaghetti Internet. But no, it was a good rendition, that was. Very much enjoyed that. And then they did Baba O'Reilly, mm-hmm. which had a really good crowd response to that one. I'm not a fan of that one myself. No, you're, you're not a fan of the Who anyway, I don't you? mind that one Who track prefer Pearl John's version <laughs> but now I'm, I'm I just don't like the who don't come at me I just don't and who's laughing now 
which is quite a good one mm. of their own tracks. Um, People Who Died Then, which was Johnny Depp's first lead vocal of the evening. Okay. She normally does. That That one's always good. However, he remembers the words to that because it's so quick with the vocal, I'd just be lost. Whoever remembers to talk is a miracle. <laughs> yeah. And the Jack, the ACDC cover. Yeah. That's always a good one. Alice roaming around with his Jack card, which he threw into the crowd. In terms of the stage setup as well, there was almost like one little bit of a walkway out the front. Not a massive, like runway round thing or anything like that just a little bit that went out so often they would take it in turns to have a wonder mm. then i'm not going to go through every track but the next notable one was obviously johnny depp then doing heroes yeah which is a very good rendition but not as good i know as it's Lenny's. not your favorite but yeah. <laughs> not as good as Lenny's. yeah his voice sounds really good on that track still so yeah that was good to see a new one that i noticed was the killing joke cover death and resurrection show which okay. I sent you the video of. Yeah. It was so weird. I was sat there thinking, I know the lyrics and the tune and I can't think who it is. And it must have been about halfway through before I realised it was... I was filming it. Filming it. I was filming bits of it, but I just couldn't... Re- I knew it and I couldn't think what it was. It just really annoyed me to the point where I nearly got the old Google, what's this song thing? Then it twigged what it was. But yeah, that was a different one. That was really good. I enjoyed that. One of the biggest cheers of the night was when they did Aerosmith, Walk This Way. Yeah. Yeah, that worked really well. That was really good to watch. Um, They also did Train Kept Rolling, which isn't an Aerosmith original, but I do know it from Aerosmith cover in it. Yeah. So that was also fun. I've got to say Johnny Depp did vocals on Death and Resurrection show as well. Mm. So he had three lead vocals last night. And then we thought, (laughs) this is an absolute rookie mistake here that I've not told you about. Oh, God. (laughs) So then we thought, are they going to go off for an encore? But they didn't. They stood. Alice had kind of introduced all the band members and they stood in a row and they did their big bow. And Alice was like, yeah, we've got one more for you, which we kind of knew because they'd not played Schools Out. Yeah. The other reason we knew they're not quite finished was because around the concourse, mm-hmm. there was, you, you often get the um, signs saying, you know, strobe warning that come up on. They've got plasma screens with adverts on and that kept coming up. But it also said, warning tonight's show involves latex. I was like, oh, what that's different. What a strange warning. But when you think about it, the big balls that bands often get out, that bounce about, obviously it's quite common to have a latex allergy, isn't it? So I guess that I suppose, could be yeah. why. I mean, if you don't move out of the way of that giant thing and you've got a latex allergy, you know, you need to... You know, you can reevaluate your life decisions. Well, yeah, it's not like you can miss them, but then it's like, yeah, the big balls haven't come out. But you could see them kind of from our angle, they were kind of waiting up in a line. So obviously they came out and Alice does his thing where he goes and, um, what do you call it? Bursts them with his walking stick. Yeah. And some of them, I don't know if all of them, but some of them had Donald Trump's face on, which was fun to see him burst <laughs> in. So yeah, they did awesome rendition of Schools Out, which they intermingle with Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall. And then they said, that's it, we're done, da, 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 da. So we were like, quick, run to the car park, because we knew we were oh, on a higher Jesus floor. Christ. And then we discovered today that after that happened, Alice Cooper lied to us, saying that there's only one song left. And they got Tony Iommi out to do Paranoid. As- you absolute muppets. I know. Absolute muppets. What a fucking we rookie mistake. Only, we weren't the only ones leaving. Alice Cooper lied to us. I'm never going to trust that man again. Fucking hell, you kept that quiet. I had to say something. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. I can't I believe you did that. Neither can we. It's quite funny because like, the last show they played, I think, was the London one. At, I think it was the O2. And they got Ronnie Wood out and did a Rolling Stones cover to end. 
And I don't know if they'd done that on any previous shows or if this was a theme that we should have been aware of. But on the plus side, we got out of the car park nice and quick. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you did miss Tiny Naomi, but... It's not like I've never seen him before. That's not the point. Have you seen him in that context? No. No, you missed Tony Iommi. Why would you He's do a, that last though as Birmingham. well? Birmingham. I know, but why would you do that last as well? Why? Anyway, that was the end of the evening. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That is up there with me nearly missing the Foo Fighters. That is up there, yeah. I guess, but you didn't. But I didn't miss the Foo Fighters. <laughs> so yeah, overall, a very good evening of musical entertainment. Highly recommend if you get a chance to watch Hollywood Vampires. Go do it. I highly recommend staying until the end. Yeah, don't run away. Just get stuck in the car park. You'll be fine. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode. We will be back soon with another one. Don't forget we are on Instagram, Twitter and Threads at Ready to Mosh Cast. We're also on Facebook, YouTube and TikTok at Ready to Mosh. Don't forget to give us a five-star review, write something nice, whatever platform you're listening to. And we'll be back soon. Don't leave too soon, Moog. <laughs>